0: Welcome back to the scoreboard, everybody, along with my great and fantastic co-host Terrence Holton and Nolan Ezzett. I am Crash Collier. It is great to be back with you guys after almost two months off. Terrence, Nolan, how are you guys doing today?
1: I'm happy to be back. It's been about six, seven weeks since we last recorded. A lot has happened in USC sports. I'm, it's, I'm excited.
2: I'm so excited, too. It has really been a long time. Almost two months is crazy. There's been a lot happening in the sports world. Unfortunately, most of that is not too enlightening. Not too excited to have <laughs> to talk about this, yeah, but I think been, it is needed.
0: It's been too long. That said, let's get started with some good news. USC in the Holiday Bowl, heads down to San Diego, and kind of and kicks Louisville's butt. The then 10th ranked team in the country.
1: 15, 15.
0: Well, now, no, I meant going into it. No,
1: I no, think. they were 15. I think they they're 19. Oh, yeah. Oh, 15. Sorry, 15. Yeah, My yeah. bad. 15. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was
0: bringing it wrong. Yeah, 15th ranked. <laughs> like, 15th ranked team in the country, like. How was that? Like, I don't think anyone saw that coming, but it was a warm, like, holiday gift, I guess.
1: Yeah. You were both at this game, right?
0: Yes, sir. How yes, sir. was that?
1: How was, like, the energy there?
0: So I just remember everyone at the tail game was like, to getting our butts kicked was drinking shots to that in the tailgate. But then afterwards, once we got in, game kind of started off a little slow. I think Louisville got the first touchdown. and I'm like, ah, oh, great. It's gonna be like the rest of the season. But then suddenly, just out of nowhere, Miller Moss goes off and suddenly Trojans are up, you know, twenty-eight fourteen at halftime. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like what's happening? We might win and then it just keeps going and then suddenly we're winning 42 28. Like it was awesome.
2: Yeah, this was my second holiday bowl. I'm from San Diego, so it's not too hard for me to get to the games, but I usually just go when USC is in it. The first time around, I was like 10 years old or something, and they beat Nebraska. I'm pretty sure at least. Obviously, this game was was even more fun beating Louisville. I did not think USC was going to win. I don't think most people did. Obviously, there was a lot of red in the stadium because both teams are red. But if you really looked at the jerseys, it really doesn't change much. Almost like 90% of the people there were Trojan fans, which I guess makes sense because it is Southern California. But the game was—Miller Moss was just electric. Like, it it was crazy. Six touchdowns and one pick in his first start— against I will say like I do think Louisville is a little suspect of a 15 ranked team but still like they are they do deserve to be ranked they only had 3 losses um, and the and those those two losses, I guess, were two two straight losses toward the end of the season, I believe. It, I, it was I think they lost
0: Kentucky their, and FSU. Yeah. yeah. And then so, they also lost to Notre Dame earlier in the year. No, I think they beat no, Notre Dame. No, wait, they beat, they, beat
1: Notre, lost to? they beat Notre Dame. They lost to someone dumb. But, it was... but they're a good team, though. They're a good team. Good yeah. t- solid they're good. Top 25 they're team. a
2: good team. Not the best ending the, of the season, but but still good and a great win for the Trojans. Yeah.
1: I think the Miller Moss masterclass, the triple M, it was a great performance by him, great starter, really like kind of set the college football world on fire absolutely i am going to be a little i'm just going to be the hater i'm just i got to keep us grounded a little bit he played great he did it was not as good a performance as people are saying because he made some mistakes in the receipt let's be honest the receivers made him look really good because some of the passes were a little suspect they were a little right like that um the pick he threw on like the three two whatever it was uh t- intended for kyron hudson very much it could have been better and i do think he will be the starter next year but this Miller he played great. I'm gonna say that again. I do think it is good that they brought in Jaden Maiava. Ma- maiava Yeah, that's how you say it.
0: Yeah. I think definitely, besides, they need the Trojans needed depth at quarterback because they were they made unsuccessful uh, courting attempts at both Will Howard, Cameron Ward, and so they needed someone else in that quarterback room. One, just so you know, Moss wouldn't get complacent, he'd have depth, and two um, and so he'd have some competition too. They just need the depth of that position, period. And regardless, though, of what you thought of Miller Moss's performance, you can't help but admire his selflessness after the game as he took the offensive player yeah. award. Like, I just remember they're like six touchdown passes, a holiday record. He straight up owned up to the fact that he had an interception. In and <laughs> I remember the commenter saying, I wasn't going to say anything. But he, just right there, that just fully shows his selflessness. And I think that's just really admirable trait and I honestly gained a lot of respect both from his performance and from how he talked in the post game
2: I totally agree Miller's a great guy it's also a good thing that they brought in Mayava because I'm not completely sold on the holiday bowl performance by Miller Moss look he played great that's about as good as anyone can really hope for in I'm not going to say like he's not a freshman quarterback but it's really his first time starting with the Trojans you can't really expect anything better but at the same time like no offense to miller but that is probably the worst six touchdown performance game i've seen in a long time Uh, not not to make it seem like it was a bad performance that was very much so uh, you
0: throw six down six touchdown passes you did something right you did something right and he
2: did a lot of things right he also probably should have had more than one interception when he's throwing up those crazy passes it's one thing if it's to like taj washington and you know he's strategically placing the ball in the hands of someone who he knows can go up and catch that when it's Makai Lemon and Jacoby Lane who had half of their season catches in that one game. I, I don't know. And maybe Miller Moss knew something that we didn't, or maybe he threw some passes that Makai Lemon and Jacoby Lane just kind of bailed him out from. I don't For know.
0: Sure. Well you know what? We'll find out next year. I seems like the assumption is now Miller Moss is going yeah. to be the starter Absolutely. next year. But now it's turning the defense.
1: Can I, wait, can I say one more oh, thing I about Miller Moss? Yes. No, you're all good. I think it is good because, let's be honest, Caleb Williams, outside of the USC campus, is one of the most hated men in college football. Very true. Can we like, just be honest about that? Might be the most. I think the Miller Moss story, you know, in this world of the transfer portal, people transfer at the drop of a hat, it is really good to have a guy at quarterback who has a really likable story. How he sat two years behind quarterbacks, three, three, three years, Is it three, three. Well,
0: three because if you count uh, the he sat behind Keen, Slopes, three. and Jackson, you're right. Dark. Yeah, I
1: sat three years basically, and now coming as starter. I think he's a really likable character to have on campus. So it's, I think it's it'll help USC's perception. That's all I'll say.
2: He yeah, It's for very sure. it's very refreshing from this new era of you go somewhere that you want to go, and if you're not playing there, you transfer yeah, out to go somewhere. Yeah, and he could have left
0: a long time ago too. A lot of with, people
2: said he should have. Yeah. He didn't.
0: Guess what? Well, and you know what? It might have paid off for him, and You got to respect him for it. But now it's turning to the defense. So, last month, as we, I think, briefly discussed in our final episode of the semester, USC hired UCLA defensive coordinator Deanton Lynn for the same position with the Trojans, which I think was a pretty good hire and shows Lincoln Riley taking defense more seriously. And then on top of that, Riley has brought in former North Dakota head coach Matt Enns. Doug Belk, the former associate head coach and defensive coordinator at Houston, Eric Henderson, and Eric Anderson, who was the run game coordinator and defensive line coach for the LA Rams. And then in addition, Sean Nua, who was a co defensive coordinator, was the lone coach retained. So, what do you think? What do you guys think of all these hires on the defense and just Riley just getting pretty serious? And let's face it, like, even though we probably can't get the actual numbers. USC definitely spent a lot of money on defense this offseason.
2: I like all these hires. I like that, first of all, the biggest name, of course, is the new head coach. Uh, I like that they weren't afraid to go crosstown, take Danton Lynn. Danton Lynn had a great season with UCLA. The only reason UCLA was really relevant was because of their defense. It's the reason UCLA beat the Trojans, although part of that was also that the Trojans didn't have a defense, so so, so they made UCLA's offense look stout but it obviously wasn't but i also like that kind of like what you were saying before before we started uh crash you know going to kind of smaller schools mountain west schools or other smaller schools and finding those really good coaches bring them on to obviously the biggest stage they've ever been on i mean you know, you're talking about going to North Dakota State, going to Houston's obviously a bigger one, but still going well, to smaller he, well, schools. Houston is also
0: in. a different situation because Dana Holgerson got fired. So naturally, all the coaches were looking for jobs, but it's, still, but still, I think a good hire. For it's sure. still a very good hire.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to. Interrupt no,
2: I, I, I'm pretty much done with my point. I, I just think it's it's good to to go to these smaller schools. If you think you can find a gem, find that gem because a lot of people aren't looking there. Everyone's looking at obviously the big names who a lot of times the big names are fired from a big school. What does that say about them? Like there's a reason why they were fired. Exactly. Alex Grinch. You know, we could talk for hours about about him, but there's a reason he was fired. But then you go to these smaller schools and maybe they were fired. Maybe you just brought them in. But there's there's not as many schools going after them. And I think that makes it easier to find a gem in one of those small schools.
1: Mm Yeah, so the hire I'm most excited about is Eric Henderson from the Rams. I mean, he's just a guy who, I don't remember the exact number. I believe he was 23 sacks from people not named Aaron Donald on the Rams. There's a bunch of random like schools they've been to. This guy is clearly really good at developing talent. And I also think the NFL kind of swagger that he embodies, which I saw Aaron Donald wearing a USC shirt, I think this whole connection with these big top NFL players is, is really going to help boost recruiting and like the defensive line try and bulk up this D line. So I'm exc- I'm really excited about him. All these hires are great. I mean the Matt Enz. I mean he's won two national championships at- S-
0: 16, 11 in 1611 and 1611 during yeah. his time in charge. Too.
1: Phenomenal coach. Like I mean some said it was a lateral move. I don't really think so. I mean, you're moving from FCS to FBS. And uh, those a coaches do that all FBS. the time. Uh, exactly.
0: Uh, Eric, look at Eric. I'll give it an example I know of, case in point. Eric Morris was the head coach of Incarnate Word, got the o- offensive coordinator job at Washington State, was able to bring Cameron Ward with him to Wazoo a year later, is now in charge at North Texas. So clearly helped him long-term yeah. move up. So, yeah. Just yeah, no, 100%. One. Yeah, So it could be the same thing. Maybe Entz is only here a year or two, but if he gets a head coaching job, either Power Five or Group of Five, that's definitely a step up for him. Yeah. That's, I yeah. guess, my point there. No, yeah. you're know
1: you're 100% right.
2: I, I think also, Terrence, like we were saying, Henderson, I think the biggest thing there, like you were saying, is recruiting. When you, I mean, obviously USC for a long time, their weak point has been defense. Even when you go before the Lincoln-Riley era, there was a lot of times a very good offense. The defense was just never there for the Trojans. Defense is obviously the biggest need. And recruiting, obviously, is a big thing. It, Henderson, not only the connections that he has, but also the fact that he knows what it takes to be an NFL defensive player. He can you know, he can tell mom and pop for someone in Texas that he's visiting to try to bring him over to USC. He's not just going to know how to make him a good college player. He's going to, to help him with the traits that are going to translate mm-hmm. to the NFL, yep. which coaches are going to see in film. And that's the biggest thing for the Trojans, I think, being able to appeal to all these guys and saying, you're not just going to be a starter. You're not just going to be good in college. You're actually going to be good in pros. And when the NFL draft comes by, head coaches are going to see that.
0: Gotcha. And I think one one final thing I want to add before we move on to uh, kind of the transfer portal tracking, which I think Terrence, you've been helping out with for Annenberg. So mm-hmm. I'll let you really talk on that a lot. I think a lot of these coaches they have brought in, like three of the f- three of the five new um coaches they brought in have won. Three of the five defensive coaches have won some sort of championship at some point during his career. Their careers. Sean Nua won a Super Bowl. Eric Henderson has won a Super Bowl. Matt Entz, as I mentioned, has won two, and Matt Entz has won two FCS championships. So you've just got a lot of you know coaches who know what it takes at some level, whether they're a coach, player, regardless, who know what it takes to get to the top and hoist that trophy at the end of the journey.
1: Yeah, 100. percent
0: All right, and now let's move to the uh, transfer portal. So, uh, Taren, since you've been helping out, what have you, in your kind of general thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, so I think this is uh, a pretty decent transfer portal class. Uh, It's really defensive focused. There is only, I believe, two offensive players. No, three uh, offensive players coming in. Jaden Richardson from Tufts, D3, uh, as well as uh, Jaquavius, Woody, Marks, uh, running back from Mississippi State, and uh, probably the shining star of them all, Jaden Maiava, the uh, UNLV quarterback transfer who won Mountain West freshman of the year. But I really, the one I am most excited about is probably Kamari Ramsey, the UCLA safety transfer, whereas a um, redshirt freshman, he was phenomenal for uh, UCLA. Him and there's another UCLA transfer, cornerback John Humphrey, uh, who D'Anton Lynn uh, brought with him. I mean, overall, I think the secondary will improve next year, and I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think... USC definitely will field a better defensive product, but I think it is going to take them time to adjust in this Big 10 n- new look Big 10 conference that right now until proven otherwise seems like it's going to be dominated by Oregon and Ohio State.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, cornerbacks bringing in John Humphrey, Kamari Ramsey sounds a little bit like Marlon Humphrey and Jalen Ramsey to me. I don't know. I really I really like that we were able to get Lynn to bring these guys in obviously Everywhere on the defensive end for the Trojans was a big need, but especially that secondary. There were so many holes in that secondary, mm-hmm. and and it really and now obviously the the last standing you know cornerback and Bullock has gone. Like this was going to be atrocious if Lynn wasn't able to bring these guys in.
0: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think that's another thing. Lynn's also got a lot of NFL experience, and yeah. I think. Because he knows what it's like to have to see those guys. He knows how to develop guys to be ready for that NFL, especially because he used to be coaching Yeah,
1: he was a cornerback coach for the Baltimore Ravens for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another guy who I just think this is like a fun one to add on the defensive line. Put him next to Bear Alexander. Isaiah Rakes, the Texas A&M defensive line transfer. Six foot 320. This is a big man. And oh. I think he's just going to fill those gaps in the run that I think USC really had problems doing. Because I know D'Anton Lynn, one of his philosophies is he wants to bulk up. He wants these defensive linemen to be big. He wants to be big, fast, and strong. And I think that that is what they are doing now adding in rakes.
0: Yeah, and I think that also um, goes back to what Lincoln Riley was saying about what he did What he did like about USC's recruiting class. While it may not, the ranking may, may not been as high as people would have liked, I think the one thing you got to take away from that he said was remember The headline quote of the LA Times was the quote large humans <laughs> that they signed his. Well, those were Lincoln's words, so they we'll lot- say, but I think that was probably part of uh what how Lynn is trying to play defense here at USC.
2: The Trojans already have all the talent they need, they just needed those, as you said, crash quote unquote large humans, and that's exactly what they got. I don't really see how it could have been that much better. Sure, there's always more talent that you can get, but that wasn't really the need. Except for a secondary, obviously, and Lindland was able to do that. But on the line, you just need those All large
0: humans. All right. And now, with teams hoping to turn their uh, disappointing seasons around, let's turn to the men's basketball team. Oh, man. Who are now Oof. on a four-game losing streak after dropping after dropping games to Washington State at home and then losing three on the road to Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State. And now have a date with their crosstown rivals, the UCLA Bruins on Saturday at five and at Galen. So what, are, what have been your takeaways from the last couple of weeks of the men's basketball team?
1: Uh, really? I'm just kind of, I don't know how to put this any other way. I'm really disgusted in their play. I mean, it's looks lackadaisical. That's not the right word. Yeah, it kind of is, but it's just, it's lazy. They play lazy defense. They don't get, they're giving up about 20 offensive rebounds a game. They maybe turn the ball over 20 times a game it is bad basketball. They just look like no one wants to be there. It's just, it's it's lazy and it's effortless.
0: No, I just remember I saw the check the box score of the ASU game when I was, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch that game, but I just remember seeing the fine, they had 15 turnovers in the first half alone. That's a record for a half and then 22 total. So that's also a season high in a game. So it's like they just cannot keep the turnovers down. And I think that's what's, The most disappointing thing is just – I don't know. And some of these games, they prove they can win. Like, they were up, I think, 13 against Colorado.
1: They were up at least, uh, like, 16 or something at some point. uh, It was a lot. At halftime, it was, like, 13. They were up
0: 13 at halftime, and then they lose by 10. Like, halfway through the second, Colorado Uh, just took them and didn't look back. It was basically – It was a worse version of the Long Beach State game all over again.
1: A 23-point swing is crazy. Dude, like, Colorado's pretty decent, but that's still just an insane swing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I will give all, like, these schools credit. They are all really good. The Trojans, I mean, at least by record, are by far the worst team of any of these four that they've played. Obviously, Arizona ranked number nine. Like, they clearly are a good team. But Washington State, Colorado, Arizona State, they're all really good schools. But still, the fact that the Trojans, they haven't put up 70 or more points in a while since they played Stanford, I believe was the last time. Mm And the whole thing with the Trojans was they were supposed to be such a well-rounded team. You've got, like, Kobe Johnson. Bronny James is supposed to be a good defender. You've got um, – I, like I feel like there's some more. Vince has clearly Vince, potential. Ozai Sellers. Ozai Ozi. Sellers is a big defender. And just they're not DJ doing anything. DJ Rodman is
1: fed. And now, yeah.
0: And then plus now they're getting plagued with injuries and illnesses. Joshua Morgan yeah. was out.
1: Why has Boogie been out? I haven't actually seen –
0: I think he's been, like, you know, the, like hip or something. He was, like, know, been something. limping or something. Yeah. But, yeah, it sounds like hopefully he's back for Saturday. They are going to need him. Badly. And Collier's <laughs> out for another three oh, to five weeks, yeah, I think. Yeah, a long time. Yeah. Decent amount of time. So it's yeah. just they've just been getting played, and then plus Morgan was out sick for a couple weeks, so that plagued them too.
2: Are we thinking the NCAA tournament window's over for the season? It is over. It mm-hmm. is
1: at this point you need to you win need the to Pac-12 win. tournament.
0: You need to win you can- the Pac-12 tournament, and you got to expect to play four days too. Yeah.
1: Like I'm looking at the schedule here. At most, you're getting one to two ranked teams, and that's not. If you say you, hypothetically, Trojans win out, it's what? It's like ten games. Yeah, it's about ten games or so. Hypothetically, Trojans win out, you have like two ranked wins. You're eighteen and eleven. That's not a tournament team. It's just not. not. That's so you need to win the Pac-12 tournament at this point. It just it's not gonna happen. Yeah. I, well, at one point, guys. One thing. Okay. Oh, I have two things actually. Go ahead. First off, at one point, do the Trojans fire Andy Enfield? Like, when do we start having this conversation that Andy Enfield is a bit of a problem?
2: It already has been a conversation for a little so, while. Yeah, it's, actually.
1: Just all you
0: have, if you want to, if you want to, you know, drown yourself in that, just check the comments after every loss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, it's yeah. already been talked about. So,
1: one thing I want to bring up that Nolan said after the Trojans beat Kansas State, it may not be the talent, it may be the coaching that holds this team back. I think that might be what's happening now. I don't think Andy Enfield, I think he's a, I think I, this is, might be an outlandish take. I think Andy Enfield is the Mario Cristobal of college basketball. He can recruit like the best of them, but when it comes to coaching the actual game, it's not that great.
2: Totally agree. That's exactly what I would have said before the season started. His recruiting is great. His in-game adjustments and everything like that, not so great. What confuses the heck out of me, though, is that even when you look at how the Trojans played last year, they were so much better last year than this season, even though they have a way better roster this season. And that's where I don't know what's going wrong, and that's where I'm like a little hesitant to fire Enfield because I, I want to say just like give him another season see what else he can do it, it just makes no sense how with such I don't want to say such a lesser roster last season because the roster still was very good you know if you got guys like Boogie Ellis obviously but with a better roster this season and with noticeably worse performance I don't know how, how is it possible that this team is well below 500 when last season this was a tournament team
0: yeah. I, I guess my one concern is and it just seems like something fans should be concerned about is just what is going on with the same issues year after year plaguing the team. My freshman year, missed free throws and turnovers. My sophomore year, missed free throws and turnovers. This year, do I need to say it again? Missed free throws and turnovers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's bad. So,
0: yeah, that's, I think, what's disappointing to me is they get more ta- – I mean, maybe last year's team wasn't as talented as my, the team my freshman year, but this year's team is definitely – it seems like – at least they should be no, better. They just, just should. No, there's just no way. Going that, into it, everyone thought this was gonna be the be- most talented team that we've probably seen since you know the Bob Boyd days, possibly when it they might were, be those, the most talented. Team. There's just no. However, way. However, the problem they still have the same two problems that have been you know plaguing them for years, for years at yes. least since I've been here. Yeah,
1: there's just no way though that like. Ree Sticks and Waters, Drew Peterson, and Trey White were that yeah. deciding factor that made this team great. I Great. Meet like decent in a tournament team. There's just no what you can't convince me that the talent they have this year is not better than last year.
2: It's absolutely better. You have another year of Boogie Ellis. You get Collier and Bronny for what you, Bronny's. And Bronny's been getting better as the he's been, season goes he's been on. Solid
1: his defense has
0: been good he's still needs to
2: work on his shooting
1: he's yeah yeah, a little inefficient shooting wise but he's decent
2: but either way your point terrence like absolutely the talent this year is better and there's nothing that will convince me otherwise
1: all right wait one other thing which one is more disappointing the usc men's basketball (laughs) team or the usc football team
0: at least the football team was above 500 all year so i'm gonna go basketball
2: that's true it's a really tough one. I, I have to say, football though, just because people care so much more about it, and also because there were like you know there were championship talks about you know USC football. There no one was saying USC basketball was
0: going to win the championship, but
1: yeah, I, I kind I mean, of the
0: expectations seem to be kind of were implied to be up there, but I get what you're, but not explicitly. I
1: like kind of agree with Nolan just because like you, they were preseason six, like Trojans were preseason six or something like I that. I think it was six, and then yeah, like I mean. All the fans saw this kind of coming with the defense. I didn't think they'd be that bad. Don't get me wrong. I thought they'd go eleven and one, but they lost to good teams. So I, oh, it's tough. I'm gonna say the men's basketball team's worse. I'm gonna say yeah. Well, I'm here's my thing. Experiment. Like
0: aside from that UCLA loss, there were a couple. I could have handled an eight and four regular season, assuming they were all like respectable yeah, losses, not were, getting you know beating UCLA and not getting blown out by Notre Dame. Like and that would have yeah. been a and then maybe keeping Utah. Those games they in.
1: should have beat.
0: But still, them. Utah is Utah. You can you can never count, you can never count Utah out. And then Oregon, Washington, if they had played a little closer, yeah. that that eight and four season right there is respectable. Yeah. But not the eight and five season, not the seven and five regular season they had this year. Yeah, losing four out of your last five as a football fan when is your team was supposed
2: bad. to win for sure. The entire, that's All right. horrible. So let's now let's about,
0: turn to some good news. Yeah, the women's. Basketball team I it was some positive who, stuff. so while oh. so after beating UCLA in a sold-out Galen Center, 73 to 65, Trojans had a tough week on the road, losing to number 20 Utah and number three Colorado, and dropping to 11th in the rankings. So, I think for sure, like Utah is obviously a good team, and they have kind of someone who knows that team in former Trojan Alyssa Peely, who has played for them. Who played for the Trojans for three years, including the last under head coach Lindsey Gottlieb before transferring to the Utes. But they just kind of blew him out. And then Colorado, they kept that one tight. But I think Juju Watkins fouling out definitely hurt the Trojans down the stretch.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, they, I don't know. They got, the Trojans got blown out that entire game, basically. Juju fouling out wasn't good, but they were down 15 to 20 most of the game. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but. That's what it felt like at least. It I, was thought not... it was,
0: I thought it was against uh, Wait, you're Colorado. Talking you... I thought Colorado was I was summarizing both. But I thought oh, it was Colorado okay, yeah, yeah. When, Co- I thought sorry, it was Colorado, Colorado was, was when yeah. the one uh, Watkins fouled out, I thought.
1: Uh yeah, no, you're right. But then but Utah, 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 Utah yeah, was just down sorry, the I thought you were time. about Utah.
0: But yeah, sorry. Yeah. Anyways.
1: Yeah, uh the Colorado one was kind of a brutal loss. They totally the uh, Chargers could totally could have won that game. Uh bad turnovers down the stretch. And then Raya Marshall, one for three from the field. I mean, come on. Like uh Ray is supposed to be the second best player on the team. Supposed to be. Supposed to be. You can't have two points. I mean, you got in a against a number 3 team in a game that's winnable. Come on. It's just a matter of not
2: getting her the opportunities though. Like it's not even really her fault. And I get it if like Juju's just going off, just give her the ball, whatever. But Ray and Marshall should be shooting more than 3 shots in a game. You can't yeah. you can't win in Pac-12 play when there's teams like this Colorado team. Stanford's obviously good. Utah, UCLA obviously really good. You can't be winning these Games if you're only relying on Juju
0: and while And obviously, yeah, well, yeah, but to your point, yeah, like obviously Juju Watkins is obviously more than capable of doing a lot of work. I'm not saying she shouldn't be doing a lot of work. That's why she's there. She's clearly the best player on the team. But at the same time, she needs help. And sometimes it, if everyone's not contributing, it can be a t- turn out to be a tough weekend. But now the Trojans are going to look to, you know, come home and bounce back with games that they should be able to take care of. I mean, Washington State. Tonight it's going to be a tough one for sure, but should be winnable. And then same with Washington on Sunday. So they got two winnable games, but they just need to refocus and lock down before they head up to the Bay Area.
2: Some of these next few games are going to be winnable. The big thing is just yeah, playing Stanford. That's going to be that's going to be the the soul crusher. Really, they're coming off like two straight losses for a team that before those losses they they just had one loss, right? They were like ten and one or something like that. It's got to be a little disheartening. Let's say, you know, best case scenario, they like win both of these next games. Obviously, I'd I'd love for them to beat Stanford. I do think Stanford's probably going to get the win and I don't know that just kind of messes up quite a bit of mojo but this still is a really good team and after that Stanford game they get to play a little bit of easier Pac-12 competition
1: I don't think we can call anything in the Pac-12 easy yeah and this
2: more like winnable games winnable, but, yeah. then, but then they end the season off with a brutal schedule or uh, Oregon State Colorado Utah those are all like really
0: ranked Really good good ranked ranked opponents and the Trojans. At least
1: the Colorado and Utah at home. I'm excited for that. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, those should be. Those are good games.
0: Yeah, that'll be a really good senior night on uh, February 25th against Utah for sure.
1: Yeah, that'll be fun.
0: So, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how they do this week. And now it's turn for our final segment to men's volleyball. So, men's volleyball team after... Going one and one in the first point Collegiate Challenge in Austin, Texas, with a win over Ball State and a five-set loss to Ohio State, came back to Galen Center, and then lost a lost in five to CSUN last uh, two nights ago, and before rebounding with a sweep over Central State. So, what are your take on this team?
2: It's a, it's a really good team. I mean, you look at the record six and two, and you know they they have some they have some good wins, and the losses aren't too bad. It's you know they they there's still like a lot of play left this is going to be a long season but I think so far from what we've seen it looks like a good team it looks like definitely an improvement from the women's volleyball team which side note I had really high expectations for that team and they they were good but they, they they didn't really live up to it I've watched way more women's volleyball than men's volleyball but it looks like the men's team is the team to watch
0: this season I guess we'll see yeah I mean the thing is they probably could have won both their two because both their games have been in five set losses. Really and close. when and when a match goes to five, and once you hit the end of that four set and it's tied, anything can happen in set five. That's just how it goes. As someone who's played the game, when you get into set five, it's going either way. It doesn't matter how much one team's favored or how much better. Anything could happen. And that's what basically happened against Ohio State. And then CSUN, they had their chances to win us, win that second set, but then they just, you know, they just couple couple unlucky plays and Matadors took that second set and they just rode that momentum into the third. And while Trojans were able to take the fourth, it's like I said, anything can happen in that fifth set. And the Matadors were able to get the momentum early and ride it to uh, win.
2: So Crash, there's definitely sports, I think, where when you get to the fourth quarter, the last set, or however they, however they divvy up the game When it gets down to overtime or whatever you want to say, extra innings, there's teams sometimes that just tend to choke on that stage. There's also some sports where I think the last stage doesn't have anything to do with it. Do you think volleyball, as someone who played it, is one of those sports that the only two, three games that the Trojans have been in were both losses? Do you think it just so happens that they lost both of those games? Or do you think there may be somewhat of an issue here with the Trojans and not being able to handle the pressure at the end?
0: It might be pressure, but then again, I think both teams can kind of feel that, especially in a long, hard fought battle. Everyone's tired. But at the same time, I think it might be too early to tell. They've only played eight matches. And for the most part, they've been really taking care of business. Otherwise, I mean, six and two is still a good record. They're just going to have to, you know, as they get and, you know, start playing some tougher teams like UC San Diego and especially UC Irvine in a couple weeks down the road, they're going to really have to, you know, make sure that if it does get into that fifth set they're just still you know fired up for and just ready to you know go out there and they gotta want it and it wanting it comes from everything it's not just oh you can turn that on and off like the wanting it process and i'm sure you guys already know this is something that you know you gotta train for that you can't just be like oh i want it and suddenly you want it you can shut it off easy but it takes a while to fire up Mm -hmm. anything else you guys want to add to that
1: I don't think so, Crash. You covered it pretty well.
0: Yeah. All right, so that'll uh, do it for us this week. It's great to be back with you guys. Definitely looking forward to talk with you all on a weekly basis going forward here. And alongside Terrence Holton and Nolan Azit, I'm Crash Collier. Have a great weekend, everybody.